0: Welcome to the Wild and Free podcast, episode 35. I'm Ainsley Arment, and this week, we're going to hear an encouraging interview with Greta Eskridge about what it takes to find meaningful community as a homeschooling mama. So grab a cup of coffee and join us on the front porch. Let's get started. (music) As finding community is hard. It's difficult enough to make time for other people in the midst of life and homeschooling. But finding others you get along with who embrace each other's quirks and idiosyncrasies is a whole other level of hard. It can take years to build deep bonds with others. Then you have to find the right place to meet, the right activity for your kids, and hope the weather holds up. Sometimes it's easier just to settle in at home and stick to your same routine. But then your soul cries out for connection with others. You want to make the most of homeschooling for your children and find other families to share life with. You don't want to do this alone. If I've learned anything, it's that finding community is hard, but so worth it. In just a minute, we're going to have a conversation with Greta Eskridge about what it takes to find and build community as a homeschooling family. But first, I have something really special to share with you. Mamas often write in to ask about the Wild and Free way of homeschooling, but really there's no quick answer to that. Wild and Free is a philosophy as much as it is a community, but the way we approach it varies from family to family. It is for this reason that our monthly content bundles exist. By joining our online community, you'll have unlimited access to inspiring ideas, encouragement, and practical resources to help you on this homeschooling journey. You'll receive sage advice from mamas who are in the trenches, as well as veteran homeschooling mamas alike. You'll get resources for nature journaling, handcrafts, book clubs, and so much more. But most importantly, you'll find a community of like-minded mamas who are eager to share their experiences. This week, if you subscribe, you'll get access to this month's bundle grow and last month's bundle collect. These bundles are chock full of amazing articles and resources. Not to mention all of the conference audio and video from our recent Portland conference are in the bundles right now. Plus, if you subscribe now, you'll get our new Make Bundle when it comes out on Tuesday. And we'll send you a free welcome kit in the mail that includes a print magazine and a Wild and Free decal. It's an amazing offer, and all of this is available for this week only. To sign up, go to bewildandfree.org slash bundles. For Pepito, recently sat down with Greta Eskridge, who has been meeting with her nature group for over eight years. She shares the joys, the hard stuff, the ups and downs, and how you can build community right where you live too. Let's listen in.
1: So I thought it'd be fun to talk today about community because you're such a pro. Uh, creating community. I'm always watching you and your girls, some of the ladies in your community, and the things that you guys come up with—from farm stands to maker fairs to nature groups that actually get together every week—it just blows me away. Because in most of my homeschool life, it's been hard. I've had to work really hard, or it's just not been there. So I'd love to have you tell us some of the things that you've done through the years to create that? Well,
2: I think I I am fortunate to have a few things in my favor. For one thing, we live in Southern California. So there are a lot of people here. (laughs) It's a very densely populated area. So there are a lot more homeschooling moms. We don't live in a rural area. We're not isolated. And um, while those things have tremendous benefits, um, I would say one of the drawbacks potentially could be there is less of a community to draw from. But here in bustling Southern California, there are a lot of us homeschool moms. And that has created the availability for a lot of us to be able to get together. And um, that's not something I could have prearranged. But yeah. as far as intentional things that that I have done or my group of friends has done to create our community, I think a big part of it is just making it happen. And I know that sounds vague and also at the same time sort of uninspiring, but I think that that's really the truth is, is to just get out there, make a group, make a commitment to meet often and, um, and then just to keep at it. Our, my personal nature group, which we call our Adventure Club, we've been meeting now for nine years. Some of us have been together the entire time in the group. Some of us have come in and out as as we have, you know, circumstances have changed, but the group itself has been in existence for nine years. I've been in it the entire time and we have met weekly for that whole time. So that's a lot of just
1: doing it. (laughs) Does that make sense? Absolutely. That's amazing. It's just a commitment really to each other that you guys have made. Right. And then, What we've done
2: outside of that is to create additional places for our community to gather. So there are a lot of us that have small groups that we meet together as moms and kids weekly, and those are our nature groups. Some of us have named our our groups, and they all look a little bit different based on the families that are in the group. And so those are small groups that are for the moms and the kids. But then we also have additional places that we meet as a larger community. So for example, we have a once a month meeting that's just for moms. And we take turns meeting at each other's houses. We take turns leading the meeting. And we get together and talk about homeschooling and mothering topics. And that's a great way for the larger community to get together. We have a twice a year homeschool. Uh, craft fair. And that's where our whole people from all over Southern California gather at a park and our kids share handcrafts that they've made. And um, that is a huge event and it's tremendously fun. And um, that's a way for us all to get together, kids and moms. So those kinds of things that happen less regularly, but still they're happening every month or twice a year. Those are ways that we can get together outside of our weekly group, which is also a great way for us to get together with other homeschooling moms and other homeschooling kids.
1: Wow. So over the last nine years, how many of those years have you been the one to pick out the nature groups and send out the emails? Have you basically been the administrator of that group? Let's see. It's it's
2: actually changed over the course of the years. At first, I did it for a few years and then I took a break and somebody else took over doing the weekly emails just to say, hey, here's where we're going. Here's what we're doing. When we first started, a lot of the trails that we were going on or the places we were going to were new to us. so I would have to research parking If we had to pay for parking, where we would park, directions, the hours, is the trail stroller friendly? There was a lot more that went into it. And it was actually more a a bigger job. But I kind of like researching, so I didn't mind. (laughs) Um, And then I feel like now we can almost always just send a text because most of the places we go to are places we've been to before. And so um, we just are like, remember, it's $3 to park here. Or if it's a new place, then it requires an actual email or a longer text. And um, what we've done in our group is we've just sort of taken turns being the one who's in charge for the year of sending those out. And then a lot of times it can be somebody remembers more details. So they're the ones that add to the text. And um, it's become the longer we're together, the less administrative stuff there is to do.
1: Yay, that's amazing. So how many families are there in the group now? In
2: my weekly nature group, there are 12 families, which we have decided is our, our cap. And, um, that's just because when we're all together, it's a lot of kids. (laughs) And so if we're doing something, um, like a field trip or, um, even just hiking on the trail, the more you have, the more, you know, it's a little chaotic. We have a lot of children. And so (laughs) if we had a group of, you know, 15 or 20 families that would limit, Uh, to a certain extent, some of the things that we could do and and even just the intimacy of relationships in the group. So 12 has been 10 to 12 has been the number we've stuck with all along.
1: So then there's no hurt feelings. It's not like you're saying, oh, you can't be in my group. Um, You're not excluding anybody because of their merit. It's just about numbers. There's only so many people you can meet together at a park or at a nature trail. Right. That is, that can be a touchy subject. Um, and, and over. I think sometimes homeschoolers feel like, like it's, especially when you're on Instagram and you see that people are getting together, it's easy for homeschoolers to be like, well, why, why am I not invited right. to that group?
2: Yes. And so it has taken me literally years to navigate how to do this well. And I am s- not saying I do it well, cause I think I probably still mess up, but saying that that we have limited, um, we're a closed group because of numbers. And we say our, our family limit is 12. And that's simply because we want to, like I said before, have the intimate relationships and um, just the logistics of if we're going to host, i for example, I host a yearly Valentine's party and it's like 40 kids. Um, You know, if with the, the number we have, that's a lot of children. So We need to be honest about how we can
1: maintain a group of 40 kids instead of 80 kids. Absolutely. I've had co-ops in my home and I've found that if I'm having a co-op and we're meeting in homes, five or six families is the absolute cap. So you're a brave woman to have of the children of 12 families. Well, that's once
2: a year. So (laughs) I'm not doing it. (laughs) I'm not doing it every time. But but it helps to be able to say when someone, because I get messages all the time saying, do you have any openings in your group? And I want so badly to say yes, because it is my heart to encourage and, and welcome other moms. I just, I love doing it, but it's just not possible. So typically what I'm able to say is um, we we always offer our group up for a visit. So you could come visit one time with us and just see how, how we work our group and what it looks like to go on a hike with us or go to the tide pools or on a field trip and to give that mom a sense of how things would work. And then I often recommend they listen to a um, one of the podcast episodes called At Home. We have um, several episodes about creating a nature group. And then I also send them a blog post that I've written about creating a nature group so that they have a lot of resources. I'm not just saying, I'm sorry, we're a closed group. That's it. Um, I want to give them resources so that they feel equipped to start their own group if they feel brave enough or to gather some other moms and say,
1: Hey, look
2: at this. This is what they're doing. Do you think we could do
1: it? And, it? and it is a skill. Like not everybody has an administrative skill that it takes to start a group, but I think there's a lot more people who do have the skill than they realize. Right. I think sometimes women are just, we're, we're lacking confidence. We're scared of rejection, whatever it is. And so then we don't put ourselves out there to say, Hey, let's have, let's start a book club. Let's start a nature group. Let's get together. Right. And, and we, yet yeah, we need each other so mm-hmm. bad. Exactly. And I think that, you know, in, I don't know what it's like in other states, but I think in California, a lot of needs then have been met by the charter schools, but they're not always exactly what we'd want. You know, they're, it's not, they're not usually offering an awesome nature group out in, in beautiful spots that you can't just, Take a school bus too, right? You know.
2: And those, I, I feel like um, having friends. A lot of my friends are in charters, and it lacks the intimacy of the small group that our weekly group provides. That's really important for the kids and for the moms that we have this continuity of every week. We're going to meet with these kids. We we know each other's needs. We know when someone's sick. We we know when someone's dog has died, and we rally around each other because we have that intimacy of a small group that meets together often.
1: I think the other thing about it is that the moms have to step in and help. Like whereas often when it's a paid opportunity or like an art class or a charter school opportunity, there's another professional in charge. And so we just drop our kids off and get in our cars. Right. And there's really no community developed right. between us as moms, which is what we so badly need right. if we're going to do this thing right. for the long haul. Yes.
2: Yeah, sometimes it is really wonderful to be able to drop your kids off and go away for a little while. But... But I honestly wouldn't if I was given the choice between the two, even though the one being with the kids weekly is definitely a lot more work. We come home every week. We're out. We're tired. The house is a wreck because it doesn't matter how hard I try to be organized in the morning and have everything ready to go. And the kids can pack their own lunches now. It still somehow seems things just get crazy as we're getting ready to get out the door. Given all of those factors, it's still totally worth it to me because of just the sweetness of that fellowship that I have with my friends and with my kids' friends. I love those kids as well.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. And then like you said, you're available to each other if somebody's sick or if someone needs emergency babysitting, there's a community of people that you've already spent time with, you already trust that you can call on. Yes,
2: definitely. That's a big deal too, because this past five months, I've been struggling with really bad, debilitating back and sciatic pain. And so there have been a lot of times where I've just not been able to take my kids on the hike. And somebody is always willing to take all my kids or this person takes two and this person takes two. And we do that for each other all the time. And I think that's a real gift as well. Because we need to be able to step in and help each other and we need to know there are people we can depend on because honestly none of us can do
1: this all by ourselves. So tell me though, the other the flip side of having a weekly outing means <laughs> how do you how do you get time to homeschool the kids and keep up your house? You know, I, I try to homeschool most days, but there's always, you know, a dentist appointment mm-hmm. or a contractor stopping by for a fixer up or something else that interrupts. How are you managing to stay committed to your nature group, which is so important and educational, and yet manage the at home stuff as well?
2: Well, I think the first and most important thing is the mindset. And to me, I have never considered our nature days, not a school day, even though we're not doing bookwork on that day, it is one of our school days. So that mindset has really helped me To be less stressed or actually I don't feel stressed at all giving up one of those days for, you know, studying out in nature. The mindset has been crucial all along and it has made a big difference to me to have peace about it. And then basically it just means the other four days we have to do our best to get, you know, our book work in. I have certainly don't succeed at it for the four other days. We always get everything done. I don't think we ever do. (laughs) Um, And um, in that case, it really helps me to look back to my days as a, I was a traditional public high school teacher for five years before I had kids. And in my days in the classroom, I never got everything done with my students there either. So that gives me a sense of peace as well, because I think the reality is there's always just too much to do.
1: And we get done as much as we can. That's so good. It's funny, because even like, I love how much creativity has come into my life through being on Instagram. But being on there sometimes can make me feel like I'm not doing enough, because there are so many creative things that people are doing. And so I think, oh, man, we didn't study the human body this week, or we didn't do a pinnit map this week, there's like a million creative things. And so not only do we have our own lesson plans at home, but then we see all these amazing things that other people are doing. And I also love that you acknowledge how absolutely important these days of experience. I think that we sometimes overrate sitting down and doing book work and underrate how important being out with people and having to converse with people and getting to experience nature and having all of your senses be alive for the day, how important all of that is to being a whole person and being an educated person. Right.
2: I think that one of my goals all along as a homeschooler has been to have children who are interested in and interesting, that they love learning, and that they just are inspired by the world around them. And if that's because that's going to carry them through their whole life. That's going to carry them to become lifelong learners. And so if I don't get them out in the world, that's not going to happen. And that's why we have to have those days where we're out and about and we're at the tide pools experiencing the learning that we we did in our book. We're experiencing it in real life or we um, are out on the trail and we're learning about botany that we studied in um, our tree unit or whatever it is, it's making our learning come alive. We're studying the California missions. So we go to the California missions. When we learn hands-on, it makes things come to life in a unique way. And every educator will tell you that is true. Research shows it. And so I think the ideal world, every student would get out And have weekly field trips because that is just an incredible way to make learning come to life. But not every student has that opportunity. I fortunately do. And so I want to take full advantage of it. And that's why I really don't feel bad about giving up one of our school days for learning in the field.
1: Well, Greta, we're out of time, but I really appreciate just the model that you are for creating community. It's so important for us as homeschool moms to be developing that for our kids and ourselves. And I appreciate just the effort that you've put into it.
0: Thanks so much, Greta. If you'd like to learn more about Wild and Free groups and how you can join or start a community near you, visit bewildandfree.org groups. Well, that's all the time we have for today, but join us again next week for the Wild and Free podcast.